0: And, uh I it, it really uh well swamiji he was he was talking about how there's just a wave of divine grace is just always flowing and, and he said like probably Babaji, he, he hears the most exquisite uh Symphony and it just is like passing through him and then he's receiving some other incredible inspiration and most people would be writing down what came but it's just such a flood of god's grace just always flowing uh, and i was thinking about that in the waves in the ocean and those waves were just continually going and the surfers they had to work hard to get out there and then they started writing the waves And uh, but they waited for the biggest wave they could see, and then they just had this great delight, and and you could just uh, think of that as the inspiration of God. And then when that wave recited, what did they do? They didn't just keep on going under their own power. They just turned back to the source of those waves, and then they just took another one, and they never left that inspiration. And, of course, that's how we as a devotee, uh, we should always live. Uh, Years ago, uh, in the early days uh, of Ananda Publishing, I was talking with a staff member and uh, about sharing nature books, uh, I've written some uh, nature awareness books, and I was talking about how we could spread the ideals to South America, North America, Southeast Asia, and just uh, I was just really talking like that, and I was bemused at the contrast in human nature because the staff member had his hands on the calculator and was just going like this <laughs> as I was talking <laughs> about that, and, and of course it takes you know both aspects uh, for anything you know it needs to be grounded. Uh, But uh, there has to be a vision as well. And Swami Kriyananda says that that energy, the flow of energy is intelligent. And that uh, we can move matter much more easy when we tune into consciousness and with energy. Because if we're concentrated on matter, matter is heavy and it's fixed. And our attitudes uh, reflect that. And we, re- we don't receive uh, real deep inspirations, uh, and it's more run-of-the-mill. Uh, he talks about we just get in a rut in his course on the uh, Yoga and Success Principles. We, we just get in a rut, and it's noth- not a new, uh, new expression. And where is the greatest source of energy? Well, of course, it's in God. Uh, God just projects from spirit into the causal world, into the astral world, and into the physical world. Uh, in July, I had a, a, an experience I don't normally have. I, uh, I took uh, Panchakarma to Ayurvedic uh, treatment, and uh, during that treatment, they uh, put this dodam uh, with flour, and then they uh, put things to help uh, awaken the heart chakra. And then they chanted mantras, and I um, chanted mantras in that, and uh, what happened from that experience after they had done that is that I, I started to feel the masters individually in my heart, and them looking out through the uh, through the heart from their eyes out into the world, and I saw their two eyes, uh, and, and then I thought, well, the inspiration came that thy uh, eye be single, uh, that uh, they have the consciousness of of the spiritual eye, and then. I had felt the presence of the spiritual eye. And for the next two days, I, I felt uh, everything, every life experience was just a reflection of that energy flowing through the spiritual eye. And what's very interesting about that experience is that that's happening to us all the time, uh, you know. God, that, that that movement of God creating all creation, is being projected through the spiritual eye, and that spiritual eye, of course, is married, uh, mirrored mirrored uh, within ourselves, and uh, and it behooves each one of us is to to go inside and to go deep, and to catch that wave like the surfers, and then ride that inspiration, Uh, because then um, our our efforts, of course, uh, are an expression of God, and God's will, and in that flow of grace. Uh, Swami said something very, very profound, and very practical, because, you know, uh, maybe I'm talking a little bit sort of broader, and uh, and beyond our normal experience of life. I know it's beyond my normal experience of life. Uh, But uh, he said that, um, get centered and let the universe help you. And he's been saying that for years. And uh, of course we're all discovering, what does that really mean? Uh, I remember him at one point saying, Swami Kriyananda said that uh, that outer events will start to, will adjust to your inner control. And that's because your energy is centered more in the spine, or, uh, where um, our spiritual spine, the astral spine, and where our energy, uh, the life force is concentrated, and it, it has a very high vibration. Uh, and it's not gone into manifestation yet, that energy. Uh, and so when, uh, so everything that has greater magnetism, as Dhammaraj was talking about, and so things change uh, to that greater reality that we're experiencing within ourselves. And it's, a, it's one of the most practical things I've ever heard of because life changes according uh, to your energy. There's an amazing story that uh, uh, Naya Swami Krishna had uh, sent around, I don't know how widespread, but it was about Swami Ramatirtha. And he was a great saint of willpower and uh, just a great saint on many, many levels. And he was on a train one day, and it was overloaded. I don't know if there's uh, uh, an underloaded train in India, uh, (laughs) but (laughs) this train was overloaded. (laughs) And it was going up a steep incline. And because it was carried such a heavy load, it couldn't make the hill. And so the engineer backed up the train and then took a running start and raced for the top of the hill. It didn't make it and had to go back again, and tried several more times. And Swami Tirtha, realizing that uh, this train needed help, uh, he just sat quietly, and he interiorized his energy. And then he put his will in that train. And this time, the train was able to make it up and over the hill and continue on its way. Of course, he's a, a very, very great master, and he was able to do that. In reading the autobiography of a yogi uh, by uh, master, uh, I was struck by one of the chapters where uh, Yogananda said that uh, advanced souls are able to manifest uh, causal worlds, and I thought, well, that's a pretty high level, and uh, you know, it's it's the destiny for every soul, but. You know, this morning I'd had that thought, and, and then I had the following thought that, well, what we've seen in our lifetime is we've seen a soul create what I think is a causal world or pretty high world here at Ananda, and had to move physical manifestation in order to create Ananda. And of course, that's Swami Kriyananda, and look what he's been able to do out of the causal world in this physical world. And we've all been a part of that. And what a tremendous blessing. And, you know, the new movie, Cities of Light, it really celebrates that uh, of just tuning in, working from the inside out. And, you know, everything that we have here is uh, a very dear expression of that movement of being in touch with that flow into outer manifestation. Swami Kriyananda uh, to, well, for success in any endeavor requires a tremendous amount of energy and uh, getting everything off the ground, whether we live here at Ananda or we live uh, and have our uh, service outside of Ananda. It's Dwapara Yuga and it just, it's the age of energy and it seems like everything has been amped up so that we all have to put out much, much more energy. And he said that uh, the greater the will or willingness is the greater the flow of energy. And I remember uh, way back, uh, maybe it was the early 1980s, I was talking to an Ananda member that I really respect. And we were just sharing what we were doing in our spiritual life. And he said that I'm working to overcome resistances. And uh, he's done that very well. And, uh, and his life is very beautiful because of that. Uh, well, shortly after that, I went on a, a, a tour. My first book, Sharing Nature with Children, uh, was published in England. And so I went on a five-week publicity tour. And I had lots of different experiences. I I got to meet and uh, spend a long time with Sir Peter Peter Scott and uh, do lots of interviews. And at one point, I was the follow-up act uh, for a group of uh, socialist actors in London who had this um, sheep and goat show. And I'd come on right after the sheep and goat. (laughs) And it was for inner city children to to show them what was the difference. And so um, after those five full weeks, I spent the, the night in the uh, Atherton, Ananda-Atherton community uh, one night, and then I flew on to Australia for five more weeks of lectures and workshops. And uh, I, um, I remember doing 15 programs in 17 days. And uh, my sponsor, who was uh, a, a high official with the um, Office of Education in New South Wales, he uh, turned to me in the car. We were just driving from out in the outback towards Canberra. And uh, he, he just was very delighted, smile on his face, and he said, guess what, uh, on our long drive, we, there's a, a university that would like to have a lecture, and we can, uh, <laughs> you can talk there. And uh, I, I sort of kind of nodded in my head like this, and then turned and looked the other way, and I just sort of muttered to myself, said, I've been talking so much here. Why don't they just play one of my, uh, reco- one, uh, record one of my talks and, <laughs> and play that, you know? And, and then we arrived at the university, and people were there, and I realized that I really didn't have the right spirit, uh, and, uh, and I knew I needed some help, too. Uh, and so I went out just in the um, uh, grassy area with trees, and I prayed to Master and, uh, and just asked for his help. And, as for his energy, and uh at the end of that prayer, I just felt so much energy, and i also also prayed for enthusiasm and uh And I felt a tremendous amount of enthusiasm, but that wasn't all Master gave me uh, There's a an outdoor teaching strategy we use that now is used all over the world called flow learning, and it uses yogic principles of learning to um, uh, direct the energy upwards through uh, engaging experiences. And that was given to me. I had had sort of sneaking suspicions about what that was or what it could be, but it came very, very crystal clear to me. And I was having so much fun with that. That uh, the the lecture went uh, well over an hour over the scheduled time, and I th- everybody else had to leave. I did. I wanted to keep people there and <laughs> keep talking about it because it was so thrilling, and I I haven't been able to do that all the time when challenging things come, but it's always a lesson that I've always remembered is that God really wants to give us everything, everything, and uh, if we're willing. You know he'll put us in different situations, and a lot of times these situations don't seem to make sense uh, or seem unreasonable on his part. <laughs> you know, um, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But if we're open, God, of course, knows what He's doing, and he's given us the opportunity in all the, each of those situations to rise and to give us more. Swami Kriyananda has talked about this secret. Of creativity is to raise the energy in the spine. And uh, Swami Kriyananda uh, has talked about um, with the Om, listening to Om, that it gives you a cosmic, gives you the cosmic mind, a universal intelligence. There's an actual Siddha, uh, a spiritual power associated with listening to Om, And that's, the, uh, that's mastery over cosmic energy. And the ability to get things done quickly in this world. Well, isn't that a pretty neat thing for today? Uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of accomplishing things. And that's just going back, going from the inside, getting in touch, and then coming from the outside. And Swami Kriyananda, is, it's just the way he works is so thrilling. Uh, because uh, it's just so totally inspired. And he works hard. Uh, he... Um, pushes himself. Uh, but uh, there's, a, there's a sense of ease, uh, a tremendous sense of ease in the way that he is bringing things into manifestation. And that's the challenge for each one of us, is to become more like Swami Kriyananda. And uh, I, it's something that we, uh, we all are, junior Swami Kriyanandas. And we've been working with the principles that he and master have shared with us and uh, uh, but uh, he's his example is showing us that it could be just so much more exalted and, uh, through uh, through by going inside getting in tune with that energy and then coming out again I read uh, uh, a story about a, a devotee of Paramahatsu Yogananda uh, when he was 19 years old he uh, had uh, become really an acclaimed rock star. And uh, people were saying that he was probably going to be uh, the best guitarist in the rock field that there ever was. And he had that whole life ahead of him. And then he got ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And over a short period of time, he couldn't move, couldn't speak, and he had to have a breathing tube. Uh, and uh, he found out about Master's teachings. And he became a student uh, of our path. And uh, when he learned the techniques, he never learned the techniques having the use of his body. So he had to do the energization exercises mentally. He had to do Kriya mentally. And he meditated he tries to meditate he says i attempt to meditate four hours every day and uh, he says uh, sometimes i call it a swallow-thon because i you know my saliva just goes down my throat uh, and uh, he he said i was inspired by something that rajaji Janakananda said he's the most advanced disciple of Paramhansa yogananda that in the latter two years of uh, Rajasi's life, he had a brain tumor that was very, very painful. And and, uh, and, and Rajasi said that Master would come to him into his body and take the pain away, take the pain himself. And uh, this disciple said that, well, Master loves all his arrogant, mistake-prone uh, uh, disciples, and, uh, and maybe he'll do that for me. And he had a feeling that Master was doing it for him because he said that most of the time I feel inner peace. And, um, you know, d- during the day. And so uh, he was trying to meditate, and, uh, and his uh, mother was there in the room, and she was lying down in front of him, and she had a dream vision, and she was startled uh, from that vision she had. And she looked at the disciple, and she saw, not her son, she saw Paramahansa Yogananda sitting there in the wheelchair with a breathing tube in his mouth, and he had a big smile, and he just glowed, uh, just smiled blissfully at his mother. Uh, and then... Um, she kind of opened her eyes and, and looked uh, again and then she saw him there and he gave a jerk. And the disciples said that what he feels what happened was is that Master had come to him to relieve uh, the suffering, the pain that he experiences. And then the jerk that he felt was Master saying, okay, now, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, it, it's yours now. And I and, and, you know, just such an incredible story, uh, but you know Master said that he comes into each of our bodies every night to see how well we're doing, and Master's nearer than the near, And we know that he lives in us, his consciousness is inside ourselves, and if you want to think of it in terms of Kriya Yoga, it's just the deepest part of our spine. Um, you know, the, the deepest part of the Shishumna, and he's even beyond that. And so his consciousness is, is there. And so, um, so let us, all of us, vow, each of us, to um, get centered and let God and Guru help us. As Lahiri Mahashai said, that if you don't think of me, how can I help you? Bless you.